This is a podcast by The Straits Times and Money FM 89.3. Well, recent revelations that 11 trainee lawyers cheated during the bar exam in 2020 was on Parliament's agenda today. Four members of Parliament have filed questions over the issue. Now, this, of course, if you recall the story, resulted in five of the trainee lawyers having their application to the bar delayed by six months and one of them by another year. Let's get to the bottom of this. Zakir Hussain, Singapore editor at The Straits Times, joining us now. Hello, Zakir. Hi. Hey, Zakir. This one very closely watched by people from yes. all walks of life. Yeah. So what's the latest update? So I think what we had in Parliament today was Law Minister Shanmugam basically saying, look, there had to be a clear message that cheating by trainee lawyers whose profession demands the highest standards of integrity and probity has to be dealt with very seriously. But at the same time, I think when pressed by MPs, he said, you know, what's the right penalty? They're very young. They've not even started their careers. Does it mean that they're forever prevented from practicing? And I think he drew a line and said most people will say that would sound very harsh. Mm. Others and, might and, say it is warranted. This kind of harsh yes. punishment is warranted, right? <laughs> yes, yes. I, don't, I think the minister stopped short there because he acknowledged that, you know, look, the applications of these lawyers are still before the court, mm. which will look at that six months a year down the road. I wonder if sentiments would change if they allowed them to argue their case and (laughs) give evidence as to why they did what they did and maybe... It's just me. Anyway. Maybe, maybe. (laughs) But in light of all of this, Zakir, are there plans to introduce rules that will regulate trainee lawyers? So I think, you know, that still remains to be seen. I think SIL, the Singapore Institute of Legal Education, will probably review its processes. And there are cases of five more lawyers that they've not dealt with yet. But it remains to be seen. I think these were exceptional circumstances. You know, COVID pandemic meant exams had to be conducted remotely. And really, it does appear that the lawyers were only discovered because the answers sounded a little too similar to one another's. Yeah, of course. And I know that there are some members of the public who are saying maybe there were more cases. They were just not found out, right? They were just not caught. What more can be done, you think, to address public concerns about these students found cheating and about many other cases that might also unfold in a similar manner? I mean, I guess some people have said, you know, maybe if you have remote exams, you also require them to keep the cameras on at all time. Or, you know, we shift back to having physical exams now that the pandemic's over. And this was one of exception. And perhaps maybe that should be the exception rather than the case. But I think the penalties given to these lawyers should also be a warning and a lesson enough, I think, to future batches that cheating is a serious matter. Right. Let's change gears uh, here, Zakir. There were more than 2,400 new COVID cases reported in Singapore. That seems to indicate that the weekly infection rate is growing a little bit. This is the first time that the rate has gone more than one, in fact, since April Mm -hmm. 23rd. So what is happening? What's the situation like? And should we be worried? So I don't think we should be worried at all, actually. I think this was to be expected. And the fact is, many of the cases that continue to be relatively fairly mild. Mm -hmm. And I think, I suspect it'll go up a little more, but I don't think it will return to sort of, you know, the highs of a few months ago, I'd say. What is the government's sentiment on this? I mean, they have talked about relaxing rules further. Then there is also talk of the fact that, hey, don't celebrate just yet because we could very well tighten restrictions again. Mm -hmm. So where are we heading, really? 
<laughs> I think no one really knows, you know. I thought a telling sign was the health minister's advice today that hmm. don't just throw away or trace together tokens just yet or delete the app just yet because it's hard to say. I mean, but I think the sentiment and, you know, the mood is really, look, we've opened up. We've done so much. We've been so disciplined. We'll need to exercise a bit more caution in some places like night spots or bars, you know, mm-hmm. and in mass gatherings. So if you have large wedding dinners and so on, you should still keep your masks on except when consuming food. And I guess if you're unwell, don't go near crowds. Yeah, at this point, we are, you know, as they said, the onus is now on each individual to practice, as you were saying, you know, all these safety requirements that we were so used to being told to do. It's now up to you to protect yourself, right? That's right. Yep. This podcast is available on our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us. And now, back to our podcast episode. Now, let's turn to the unvaccinated. Is the government thinking about relaxing rules for the unvaccinated here? Since many of us are already vaccinated, we can, I guess, in theory, be protecting each other as well. So I think they've relaxed the rules as far as they possibly can, right? Mm -hmm. And I think, except for a handful of situations, food and beverage outlet, because that affects everyone, I think. Mm -hmm. And and you've got masks off quite liberally there. Events with more than 500 people and maybe night spots with dancing and sort of mingling. I do wonder, though, what the Mm -hmm. sentiment of people are. I don't know about you, Bharati, but in the beginning and in the middle of this pandemic, especially when Omicron hit, we were very, very vigilant (laughs) wearing masks and trying to stay away from people, Mm -hmm. uh, stay a distance away from people. Mm -hmm especially in crowded areas, right, Sakir? But what yep. is the sentiment now, if you could, what have you observed, what have you noticed down there? So I think there's still, there's still a sizable proportion of people preferring to exercise caution. You know, so people, if you're going out to large crowded spaces, mm-hmm. you take precautions, sanitize your hands, wear a mask, just spend time, you know, in the middle of crowds only that you need to, whether it's in a queue or in a crowded place. And there are still many people who would, you know, still exercise caution in terms right. of limiting their own number of social interactions and so on, especially if they're living with vulnerable members of family, like, you know, the very young or the very old. So I think there is still a fair bit of caution. Not everyone is happy with the opening up, but I think mm. there's a general relief that activity is back to normal. And I think you've got other considerations to take into account. For instance, your public hire vehicle drivers, your cab drivers are glad that activities are resuming and back to normal. So are many of your small businesses and retailers who've struggled very much for the past two years or so. Speaking of people not being very happy, I know Mm. that a lot of workers aren't very happy that they now have to return to the office. Yes. (laughs) So beyond encouraging employers to retain and promote flexible work arrangements as a permanent feature of the workplace, what were discussions centred on today in Parliament? So I think you had Minister of State Gan Tiao Huang show that, you know, underline that actually the majority of employers are keen to continue flexi-work arrangements, you know, given the benefits they've brought. In some cases, it's reduced office space. In other cases, you can get your employers to work around the clock. <laughs> well, oh. um, but, uh, double-edged but no, sword. The double-edged sword, I think. But I think at the end of the day, I think given the tight labor market, you know, 
given how much the pandemic shown that, that mm-hmm. really we're all in the same boat, I think there's a realization among employers as well as employees that maybe you've got to find the right balance and maybe it depends on your specific conditions of your businesses. It depends on the specific requirements of the workers. So say in a profession like the media, you could, for instance, if you were you know, an independent worker, but with caregiving needs, work a lot more from home. But if you were, say, a fresh employee and, and need a bit more guidance, you could spend a bit more time in the office. And I think the key is, is really flexibility and, and, and finding ways for both uh, employers and employees to, I guess, find some shared balance mm. or equilibrium, right? I guess just finding that happy spot where both sides are happy about their work arrangements, I see. Yeah, so talk to your employees, come up with some tailored, customized arrangements. Don't wait for the government to legislate something like that. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I think I think, I think they'd rather not legislate, but, you know, yeah. even the tripartite guidelines, which, you know, they're working on with the unions and employers and so on, you know, I think they're not, they're not rushing into them. Right. People have asked why wait till 2024, but I think it's still an uncertain landscape. So it does look like they are going to consult fairly widely in coming up with these arrangements. Right. And in the meantime, let's hope that people use their discernment and their judgment well. Thank you so much, Zakir, for joining us today. Zakir Hussain, Singapore editor at The Straits Times. You stay safe and take care, Zakir. Thank you. Take care. The SG Extra podcast is also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us.